it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Uh, I said to Eric casually, I go, I hear that, uh, that Gutfeld says some disparaging things about me. We should use that. I never thought he'd actually follow through with it. But he does. Uh, that is uh, Greg Gutfeld, part of the, the cast of characters that have come to beautiful Hollywood, Florida, to be part of the Patriot Awards, the fourth annual. And this, is, this place is just absolutely stunning. It's fantastic. I always like the Hard Rocks, but this place is a city unto itself. And uh, Mike Rowe is with me right now, and he's putting up his sleeves in his corduroy shirt. Is that corduroy? What no, it's that? a chambray. Thank chambray? You. A sensible chambray flannel. What blend. makes it sensible? Um, well, I like to, uh, I, 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 I pound it on a rock <laughs> when I get it to tenderize it, and then I wear it, and it I feels like a second skin. I look at that as nonsensical, <laughs> pound a, sh- a beautiful shambolic shirt. Shambolic, that's not even a word, brother. I've got to look that up. Hey, before we talk to Mike Rowe, well, we already talked to Mike Rowe. Before we talk to Mike Rowe further, let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants. Our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Game plan revealed as Chuck Schumer calls for amnesty right out of the gate while the floodgates open up wide at the border as Title 42 goes away. This cannot stand. Number two. We just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. Exactly. Governor Ron DeSantis exasperated one day into Trump's uh, 2024 proclamation that he's going to run again. Who is in on the Trump team? Who is not? And does Trump have another game plan? Because he has not won since 2016. We will find out. Number one. They've given us a 50-50 government again. I think what the public is going to be looking at is whether or not this narrowly divided Congress can accomplish anything that does them any good in terms of their lives. Right. Power decided and divided as the GOP gets the House and picks their leader, Speaker McCarthy, and to a degree, McConnell. Uh, they both have the ball. It's theirs. What can they come up with? Mike Rowe is here now. Uh, he is a Micro Works Foundation guy. He's the host, narrator, and executive producer of How America Works, Mondays at 8 o'clock. But as he told me earlier on TV, uh, you can watch it anytime. It's on all the time. He's also the host of the podcast, The Way I Heard It. And so many times, Mike, I've had you on, and very rarely do I get your uh, your introduction right. I think this is one of those times. Well, I mean, if, if that's... If that's what you're going with, then yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Thank you. Don't you. Like that? Well, it was definitely top ten. It was it was top ten intros. Right. But there you do a lot thousands. of stuff. I do a lot. I mean, yeah. how you even found time to do Fox and Friends today? 
Well, I mean, I'm here. Like you say, we're here in this self-contained little hard rock city. Right. And, you know, there, there's no escaping. I, I, I was walking back to my room, and I look around, and there's these red ropes, and there's Dan Bongino over there, and here you're sitting alone. And I thought, ah, that's the saddest uh, thing uh, I've ever seen. The right. guy can't get a guest. So I've wandered over, and you gave me a headset, and boom, instant content. I don't really think that comes out too positive for me the way you described it. No, that's that, that wasn't my goal. That wasn't your goal? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to be as honest as I can, as transparent as I can with your listener. Why stop? Why now are you trying to be transparent? I don't understand what happened to you. I saw you last. Look, I'm wearing the same outfit I was last right, night. Right, last night. We had a big you. night. I still smell like a cigar. Well, oh, you went to the cigar bar of with? I did. And who was there with you? Well, Jesse Waters was there, and I think I saw you briefly. Uh, you, I, you I don't go running. to cigar bars. I don't uh, do. You were running by it, but all, all the cats, the whole gang, the cast of characters. Do you fit in? No, not 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 <laughs> not entirely, but. <laughs> But look, I can fit in you anywhere can. In, can. In, in short bursts. I've got enough social lubricant to get by in almost any situation. Right. So you have a sensible shirt with yes. and you come to every day you woke up <laughs> wearing a sensible outfit with social lubricant ready to go. That's look, life is simpler with a uniform and uh, right. a little bit of lubrication. Um, you know, remember Cliff Clavin, uh, John Ratzenberger? Sure. Yeah. He said one of the best things about being on Cheers is he knew his costume every single day. He was a postman. It is. Look, man, my life in this crazy industry didn't really get enjoyable until Dirty Jobs began because no makeup, right. no wardrobe, right. and a ball cap every day. So you just suddenly you, none of that stuff mattered at all. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've dragged that into the next phase of my career. Which is still there. I mean, I'm, but I'm, you are I'm, very much yourself. For better or worse, yeah, no makeup. My kids grew up knowing their dad wore makeup, and I'm not sure how this is going to affect him in the long term. So full disclosure, I don't wear makeup, but I do wear body paint every you day. You do? Body Top paint. to bottom, yeah. Is that called tanning? I just like to even things out, you know? Let me ask you, are you a big investor? Um, well, I'm, I'm an average-sized guy. with a, I look forward, yes, yes, right. I invest. You doing this whole cryptocurrency I thing? am not. Do no. you even understand it? I, I understand it enough to feel good about not doing it. Right. And if you believe what has just happened, this is a mini 2008. It is Enron. Yeah. Except under Enron was an industry that was real. It was the energy industry. Yeah. Now, a whole lot of shady stuff happened on top of it, but at least we understood the underlying asset. People don't really even understand what has been swindled. We don't really even understand the underlying thing. Ethereum, Bitcoin, blockchain. I mean, people talk about it like they do, but point to it. Show it to me. Right. It's you just... want something you can hold on to. Yes. I mean, the original focus of the stock market was such they have this product. I like to be an investor in this product. Yeah. But now you're betting on the market going up and down, the nuances. You're not really betting on anything. You don't feel anything that you're betting on. You're betting on feelings. Yeah. And look, like, and, and GE, to... you know what you're betting on. Yes, yeah. that, that's right. But in a way, I mean, if you think of it like currency and you pull out whatever currency you got in your pocket, you know, in God we trust will be on the back. You got to trust in something, right? And so I think people sort of understand that, okay, I'm going to put my faith in this shared belief that we can trade in a world where the coin of the realm is something new and different. Most people can understand that, but if you take all that sentence apart, you, you still can't point to a widget. It's, it's belief, right. it's hope, it's think, it's thought. <laughs> I mean, it's just ephemeral. Right, and, and by the way, on a side note, Pete, uh, Pete Hegseth, Princeton grad, I think Harvard yeah. Masters, he's all over with Bitcoin, and they froze all of his accounts, even though yeah. it has nothing to do with FTX. Yeah. He says he can't get anything out. 
So here's Charles Gasparino, who broke this story or did a lot, was leading a lot of this investigation. This is what he said last night, Cut 34. I've been doing a lot of reporting on this. Um, I actually know who this guy is for a change. You know, he was always in the background. I was never quite, he was never quite came on my radar screen until he started buying companies, distressed crypto companies, uh, over the last three or four months, and then tried to start it, start this exchange that, you know, no, like a SEC approved this exchange where he had a meeting with Gary Gensler. Then he started coming up, and I started asking myself, and this is a question that I think everybody has to ask themselves, why didn't he raise any eyebrows at the SEC when he was buying all this stuff when everybody was losing money in crypto? How? What was the secret sauce that allowed him to make so much money when the whole crypto universe is getting toasted or, you know, wiped out? So, so, so Mike, you must relate to this because you advertise a lot of products. It was in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Was it Oklahoma City or Tulsa? Your, your face was on something. Oh, Oh, yeah, it was both. I've, I've, I'm in a campaign in Oklahoma in a pretty big way around the fossil fuel industry. So I pop up in movie theaters all the time now. Um, and so, yeah, look, your, your association with a brand as a, as a spokesperson or an advocate, that's a very fragile thing, you know. And I don't know what's going to happen to the celebs that are that Because, you know, there's a class this. action suit against... Yeah, uh, Tom Brady, Brady Giselle, uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's crazy? The guy from Shark Tank. Oh, uh, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. So you would think the guy from Shark Tank would understand, you know, I, I guess when, when he's in, that would give a lot of people a sense, Kevin O'Leary, yeah. that you're okay. I mean, celebrity in real life and, and a multimillionaire for real. Uh, so a lot of these guys are going to get sued. Do you ever think about that? Like, uh, oh, my goodness, if I'm in something and then people well, get involved? I mean, it's easy to sue. Anybody can sue anybody for anything at any time. You know, I've, I've always known that. But I'm pretty picky, actually, in that part of my yeah. career. Like, I, I worked for Ford for nine years, and I can tell you what a Ford is. I can point to it. I can drive it, right? I mean, it's a tangible thing. It sits there on the lot. Maybe you want it. Maybe you don't. But it's a, a real thing. And so... You know, I, I think we all just got out over our skis again. We watched a thing rocket into the air, and we just thought, look, I want to be on that ship. I want to take that ride. But it's not really a ship. It, it, it's, it's just an idea. It's just a thought. Right. Uh, I'm just going to say right now, when we're going to come back and talk about jobs. Are you noticing that uh, Amazon is starting to lay people off, yeah. Facebook laying yeah, off yeah, yeah. thousands of people, yep. and that those big companies, when they start laying off, it gets covered to the other guys mm-hmm. uh, beneath. I think things now, the election's over. Yeah. Everyone's ripping off the Band-Aid and letting the exposure. There's Are a, you getting the sense that something's going on here? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think there's a silver lining in it. And when we come back, Brian Kilmeade, I'm going to walk you through it. Back in a moment. Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. 
Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Coming to you from Hard Rock, the Seminole. Uh, Hard Rock in beautiful Hollywood, Florida. This is the third, the second time we're doing it here, fourth overall. And it's a chance to honor those uh, first responders, great patriots in our country, uh, soldiers. You're going to see a fantastic night streamed on Fox Nation. One of the highlights is always my chance to not only talk on radio and TV to Mike Rowe, but watch him on stage. Mike Rowe, you're going to be, you're back with the Patriot Awards. I'm back. You're in the Fox family as a host of a hit show on Monday nights at 8 o'clock. I like to think of myself as uh, an adoptee. Right. Right, sort of an exchange student who gets to visit and then stay. Way longer than he probably but should. But still, it is interesting you use that analogy because exchange students, if they overstay, can leave at any moment. That's right. So like that's right now, I could just take my headsets off and just stomp off. I would think less of you. I would, I would never do that, right. but I could. Because you're a pro. I had so, so much w- fun here last year. Um, and I'll, I mean, look, it's great to be with you guys. It's, 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 it's just a straight-up laugh riot. But when you walk around and meet the people who have come here from all over the country, yeah. these people are buying tickets. They're, they're coming here to be with you all. To watch something on stage that's pretty special. I mean, it's just, just a straight-up, unapologetic love letter to first responders, our servicemen, our service women, and so forth. And look, it's I'm here because the this year's Patriot Award, the physical award, is being made in Wisconsin by a father-son team. All right, the Hendersons, uh, Shane, I think, and uh, and Justice, and um, it's a super cool American flag. And I just love the idea that it's. It's welding torches, and it's hammering. And, like, you can see these guys physically making. This isn't an Emmy. This isn't an Oscar. This isn't a bowling it's trophy. It's steel this is and a wood. steel. And, I mean, it's, it's just so tactile, and it's so cool to watch these guys make these awards and then, you know, to present them to these honorees. It's, um, well, hell, it's patriotic, and it's personal, and it, it means something. Right. I mean, they were originally, they make these things like American flag, and they open up in the middle. Yeah. The doors open up in the middle, and they're originally gun cases. Yeah. I think you can use them as a gun case, and you have the fingerprint to open them up, mm-hmm. not necessarily with uh, the trophy, mm-hmm. but now they also use it for liquor. Oh. A lot of people uh, keep their liquor yeah. uh, in the foam on the inside. I've seen that. And with the fingerprint, yeah, no, you that, can open it up. That's not for me. I, uh, I find that uh, that's a two-step process. <laughs> To, right. to get to the bourbon, as right. you may know now, I'm 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 in the Tennessee whiskey business. That's and true, right? You're not you're not kidding. You're I'm not, really... No, I'm not kidding. We're a year in. We've raised a bunch of money for my foundation, and uh, it's a it's noble Tennessee whiskey, and it's delicious. But the idea that you'd put it like in a cabinet with a lock, I mean that <laughs> you know, when I come home and right. I just want a little, just a little right. snort, 
I, you know, I, I don't need that two or three step process. It's right. not for me. But all you have to do is touch it with your thumb. Mm, still, it's, it's still too much. Too it's much too much of an effort. You know, like if I'm going to lift my thumb up to do something, I'd right. prefer to have a glass in my hand. Or go. if you're going to put that type of effort, and you'd rather take the cap off. So you don't want to do two things. You don't want to touch your thumb to the cabinet Correct. and take a cap off. Correct. Because you've had a hard day. Ideally, I would have the special person in my life standing by with a mouthful of this elixir. Just to, like a mama bird, spit it into mine. Right. That's, that's how you go through life. By Brian. the way, that's true? That's how birds eat? Do you know anything at all about the I don't get kingdom? in the nature. I don't know if any of that stuff true. I don't know what of to believe. Course, of course. The uh, mama bird will come to the nest, chew up the grub worms, and spit them into the mouth of her, of her little pre-chewed babies. Pre-chewed grub worms you bet. for birds. You bet. I'm surprised people aren't protesting that. I am, too, because we're right to the point in our society where <laughs> that's, that, that's the next demand. Right. Right? Well, no one thinks of the worm. That's right. right. That, that's right. They'll, they'll, they'll be signs, you know, worm lives matter or something, yeah. and there's going to be a big protest and, and so forth. WLM. <laughs> WM. Worm lives matter. So <laughs> Don't forget the grubs. Absolutely. Let's burn down a city for worms. <laughs> uh, it's been done already for another reason. Only this time we're going to make the money accountable. Yes. All the money we get. Yes. Oh, we're going to make it transparent. Well, we'll just base it all on Bitcoin. Right. So <laughs> put it right whatever in. happens. Right. Is, you know, Now's the win, perfect win. time to get in. Yes. Because you'll never get out. <laughs> It's perfect. I love this guy last night, evidently, was working the phones, uh-huh. trying to get raised money to get himself out of trouble. Oh, the guy with the hyphenated yeah. name. Who has bank in his name, right? Which yes. is hysterical. Right. And he's got a mom at Stanford, yeah. uh, to their professors, yeah. who also is helping Elizabeth Warren with her tax plan. You know, optics matter. And I, every time we cut to that shot, he's sitting there with some former presidents, I think, wearing those terrible cargo shorts and that really suspicious I mean, it's like, well, are you proud of that? I mean, come on. I, you know, look, man, it's, it's, it, let your freak flag fly. Right. I get all that. But, you know, the company you keep, right? Right. It's, it's not going to, that look is not going to hold up well. For John, a lot of uh, John Fetterman saw that and said, hey, guys, <laughs> you please put a hoodie on. I mean, put something else on. You're embarrassing me. Um, so do you hear, uh, you hear Chuck Schumer? Oh, yeah. You want to know he's in the majority, mm-hmm. maybe uh, 50-50 if Herschel wins. 51-49 if he doesn't, and he knows exactly what he wants to do. Cut 21. Immigrants make us stronger now more than ever. Now more than ever. We're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. I mean, are you, ki- are you kidding me? The only way. To sneak into our country, it's break the our only laws. Way. Yeah. It's the, our, our only hope. Right. He actually used that word, our only hope for the future is to let in as many as possible because we can't, we can't deal with ourselves. Right. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, that, you know, I was thinking, last time I was here on Fox & Friends, it was about a month ago, you guys had the studio audience, and somebody asked me what I'd do if I were president. Um, I'm only bringing this up because my answer, I got more feedback from my answer than anything I've ever done on Fox. And I just said kind of somewhat, you know, casually, I guess I'd start by enforcing the laws that are on the books. I guess that's, let's just start there. No smash and grabs? That's right. And no illegal entry. And let's just, let's just look at the laws we have and respect the process, that there was a process that led these laws to be laws, 
And now what would it look like just for a couple of weeks if we enforced them? Right. And then when people get caught, they actually pay a price for right. that. Imagine right. that. Yeah. That's what's missing. All right. Um, did you hear x or was that just instinct? Did you stop talking? Because we're about to go to a hard break. After 30 years in the business, when it's I hear music instinct. in my ear, it's, it that's, that, that, that's Allison saying, hey, when you get a second, shut up. <laughs> Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. That is the year 2009. That is Chuck Schumer. And that is his view on illegal immigration, which reflects the Democrats back then, too. And it was just how we're going to get together with chain migration and some of the nuances. I could pull up Harry Reid saying something very similar. He was former majority leader of the Senate. What's happened to that party? What's happened to their view of the country? Everything at the border has gotten markedly worse to the point where everyone says it's on purpose. And now you have somebody who says we're running out of people. We need to legalize all them. Mike, you were shaking your head when I played the 2022 version of Chuck Schumer when he says we need to legalize everybody that got here illegally. And now when you hear him in 2009? There's something for everyone, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean you can't I mean, miss. What do we believe him then or now? What changed? What changed in this country? I think that, you know, the thing I hope people take from that when you listen to those cuts side by side is not the fact that the man changed his mind. People change their mind all of the time for a variety of reasons. Um, It's the certainty. It's the certainty of his, in his voice. You can hear it in the original statement and you can hear it just a decade later. It's, It's every, we're so long on certainty, you know, and part of what I think has fatigued so many people is listening to politicians not just share their view, but do it with all of the certainty, all of the surety, all of the righteousness. Like, like they've spent their entire lives wrestling with this problem, and they've finally come to a determination, and now they're going to share it with us, by God, because this is the truth, unless it's tomorrow. In right. which case, maybe there's something Without else. acknowledging what they said the day before, like that's what I just said about this whole political system. We had Senator Mark Kelly say, yeah, we got to build this border up. This is terrible. Yeah. And then we have Fetterman going, I love fracking. I've never, you know, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. Without saying it, you know, I thought about it. Right. I've changed my view on fracking. I've, I've talked to enough people. I started campaigning for the Senate, and I've changed my view. Then I can make a decision. Yeah. But when you lie to my face, were you lying then or you're lying now or you're lying both times? Right. And if you actually articulate that question, you're going to be put into some other category, some sort of denier category, some sort of... You know, you're going to become the guy who can't accept the fact that a thoughtful person needs the ability to change their view from time to time. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I don't dispute that. I've changed my mind on all sorts of things. But you're right. You, the, where's the humility? Yeah, yeah right? I've changed, you know, I've, I've thought about it. That's why people have think tanks. That's yeah. why people get together and they hash things out. I do think we turned the corner on that. I do believe that we're going to start stop supporting the extremes. This is what I, I believe. The biggest problem Donald Trump has in running for president is more people are saying, yeah, I like him, but I, I need somebody who can 
win a general election. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, he's still my guy, but he can't win, so I got to go with somebody who's going to win. Right. Because you just can't get go, go put your replica up there because the country needs a blend. Yeah. They, don't re- they will not elect people that can only get 40% of the vote. So I just think people got street smart this last election. I think they did, too. Um, but I also think we're, we're ahead of ourselves again. Like, there's going to be another election in two years, and we're talking about it now. People are well, voting. Well, he made us talk about uh, it yeah, but <laughs> two days ago. I mean, you know what? It's, it's, look, it's all fine. We can talk about whatever we want. It's the beauty of the First Amendment. Right. But, you know, it's my problem with early voting. People get out there a month, two months ahead of time, and they vote. And what, what that means to me is that there is nothing that could happen in that two-month period that would change my mind as a voter. Yeah. Like, how many people who voted for Fetterman would have voted differently had they seen that debate? I used to think probably a bunch, right? Because you see something like that, yeah. you go, okay. But Hello you know and good night, everybody. That's how we started. Right. I don't, I don't know that it would have changed anyone's vote, Brian, honestly. I don't know. Because if you're willing to vote two months in advance, that's what you're saying. That it, not, Nothing matters between now and Election Day. And if you're willing to dig in now two years in advance and really own an opinion, when I say you, I don't mean you personally, I but I mean a lot of people are going to wind up sounding like Chuck Schumer. Right. They're going to sound real certain today. And six months, six weeks, a year, man... This table is going to be set in a totally different way, and we don't know what we don't know. So just so you know, and just to reinforce and underline your point, we know how Democrats feel about the wall. It's been unbelievably effective outside Henry Cuellar, who actually serves on the border. Uh, that's his community. It's been very effective. It funnels people, and then you put high tech with it. It's effective, and then you talk to a Democrat. It doesn't work. Walls are from the Viking age. Really? Right. Walls are from the right. Viking So you say, wait a second. Didn't he say something different? A short time ago, and the answer is yes. Listen to him. Construction of a 630-mile border fence that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. What, what do you? I mean, what do you say? That's not. That's not an impersonator. That's the guy. Yeah. Barack, Senator Barack Obama and Senator Joe Biden signed off on 700 miles of wall. They want us just to forget about it. Instead of saying, I found more evidence that walls don't work or I found evidence to make our country better, we're going to allow everybody in, but we're not going to tell you that. That's the insidious part about this, but that certainly would affect the workforce, the pay rate, the economy. Oh, my God. Of course, the definition of a good job, the whole conversation we've been having about unemployment versus labor force participation, that's, it, it, it will impact everything. Everything is going to impact that topic, right? We've still got 7 million people, able-bodied men, sitting out the entire workforce. Right. And what we were saying during the break, you know, these big companies now in Silicon Valley, they're, they're going to start laying people off. Amazon. They're going to they're gonna lay people off, and those people are not going to have the necessary skills to fill the, the, the current openings. So now it is, in my view, we went from a skills gap to a will gap, and now we're going to come back to a skill gap and a will gap. We're going to have lots of unemployed people who aren't trained for the jobs that exist, and we're going to have lots of people 
who could step into those jobs who, for whatever reason, have elected not to. So, Mike, uh, that is in the big picture is people aren't working and people are frustrated they can't hire. I thought things were getting marginally better. I, always, I would don't walk into a place and say, how's it going? You know, with, with the workforce, like, can you hire people? I do notice I'm getting more people saying I can hire people. Not a lot, but more. But you, you pulled up one clip, and you, we sent it in to bring up. Can you tell me what clip we're going to see? I get hundreds of these a week. This one happened to be sent to me by Gary Sinise, who just said, Mike, is he, can you talk to this guy? Can you do something? And what you're about to hear is just one contractor on one job who's trying to build a couple of houses who showed up for the third day in a row, and none of his men showed up to work. None of them. Here he is. I'm three weeks into a job. Three days in a row, not one showed up for work. I don't care if I pay them 15. I don't give a if I give them 25 or 40. People do not want to work. I don't bitch. I don't complain. I got a fully stocked trailer sitting over there with every tool that you can possibly imagine. I buy tools for them. They either have no driver's license, um, 20 minutes too far to drive, I've even heard the excuse, well, I've got to go home and plan a baby shower from a grown-ass man. I've worked all over the United States. I've done every kind of construction, remodeling, commercial, residential there is. And this is the worst I've ever seen it. So there it is, right? Now, you, you can call it anecdotal. You can look at one guy having a bad day and say, well, you know, try this, try that. I get hundreds of these. Hundreds of these every week. I, I know a lot of people in construction, and they've all been saying the same thing for the last four years. They just simply can't find people who are willing to show up early, stay late, and learn a skill that's in demand, period. And now, now we're starting to see how that trickles down and into the rest of the economy and what it means for anybody who, never mind being a plumber, I'm talking about people who need a plumber who need an electrician, me and you, people who share our addiction to smooth roads and affordable energy and indoor plumbing and all of these things, right? This is the stuff that's starting to fray. And, man, if if, if it doesn't get your attention, then you're not paying attention. So one of the guys you said hello to yesterday when you were going into the elevator, we were coming out. Uh, He has a pool company called Built Right Pools. Mm -hmm. uh, So for 25 years, he literally gets in there. He'll... He'll dig him out. That's why he's strong as iron. He doesn't need to hit the gym, but he does anyway. And Steve says to me, I'm doing all my own pool closings this year. I yeah. cannot find anybody. Yeah. And, you know, he's young enough to be able to do it, but in 15 years, who knows, his kids can't find anybody. Dude, and he so says, and he'll pay good. And he'll say, I, I don't need to make that much profit, but I'm making more money now, but I'm working. Introduce me to him again, when, because the first episode of Dirty Jobs is coming back in uh, December, is me down here in Florida with a father and son pool team. And these two do the work of, like, four. And, I mean, we clean up the worst-looking pool I've ever seen. This pool hadn't been cleaned in 17 years. But these two guys doing it together. They don't cheat. They make a great living. It's back-breaking. But we laughed the whole day. And I just... I just so, so you got in there. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, you, 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 you have to get in there. There's no shortcuts in this. Yeah. But, you know, the dad is north of 60, and he's, he's bent over swinging axes and stuff, you know. And there's – look, here's the math that ought to frighten your listeners more than anything else. Every single year, for, for five people who retire in the skilled trades, 
to replace them. Five out, two in. It's been that way for 15 years. Five out, two in. This is just math. Right. It's just math. So I'm going to introduce my other friend who's coming this weekend, very patriotic, Mike Ragusa. And I think I might have told you about him. They had a family plumbing business, mm-hmm. and now he's flitted out on his own. And he is 58 now and is pretty sore, pretty beat up, his hips, his back, and everything. But he says that they can't find plumbers. Like, he can't, he can't possibly do all the work that's on his voicemail. There's no way. There's yeah. no way. I'm telling you, this story is everywhere. And it's not been covered. It's not being covered mm-hmm. because people are still stuck with the idea that, wait, if people are out of work, it's because there's not enough opportunity. Right. And it's just the wrong way to think about it. So Mike Rose Penance is when he, we have an award show or he has a book out or a series to announce, he spends an hour with me. And it's one of the reasons why he's going to stop being so productive because he does not want to have to do this. So we have one block left, but I will go to break to put a cap on this historically. Um, and I told you I'm working on the Booker T. Washington. Yeah. And when he says he remembers being 12 years old and the Union soldiers come in and they say, go to the main house, they go to the main house, and they said, you're free. And they can't believe it. And all the African-Americans started c- celebrating. And then they came back in. They said, we have nowhere to go. And the white guys basically said, well, good, because we don't know how to do anything. And the black guys, the black families said, I actually felt bad for the white families because we did all their work. Yeah. So think about that. You talk about extreme. Nobody oh, yeah. wants to relive that. But when he formed uh, Tuskegee, Tuskegee University, sure. you go to school. Yep. And then at night you work on the college. You literally build and you farm because yeah. you, can't, you said you can't worry about someone hiring you. They may not be ready to hire you. You have to be invaluable. Indispensable. Yes. Yes. Well, look, anything I can do around that project to promote it and talk about yep. it, because the more people who understand who he was and what he did, look, there are no new lessons. It, uh, it's a oh, wheel. Yeah. It spins I around. Know. And there's everything we need to know, Booker T., learned absolutely it's just so funny it's like you read some of his quotes i go did he get that from norman vincent peel no he hadn't been born yet no, did that he get was that him. from anthony robbins no, no that was, that was him. him yeah yeah back in a moment politics current events and news that affects you brian's got a lot more to say stay with brian kilmeade From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. I come back to this fundamental point. America's the greatest nation ever, but it's not America. If you have a Justice Department that's political, that is not treating people equally under the law. That is exactly what we have. So we are committed to getting the truth out there because only when you get the truth out do you have a chance to actually hold people accountable and change the behavior that is now happening at the highest levels of our Justice Department. So one thing I wanted to do, Mike Rowe, before I let you go, is we talked about the work ethic. We talked about where the country is, the elections. We talked about immigration and the folly of allowing our back door to stay wide open and people to sneak in here illegally. They expect 18000 a month if this Title 42 goes away, which is about to. 18000 illegals uh, a day. Excuse me. 18000 a day. Yeah. So Jim Jordan has the FBI agents coming up to him saying, please help me. It's all politicized. If someone finds out I'm a conservative, I get fired. I can't do this. I see the politicization of the FBI in real time. When you talk about something that's going to be done, how is it not in America's interest 
to get those whistleblowers front and center so we find out what the hell is going on? Well, of course. Of course it's in our best interest. Um, if you're asking how do you make it not political, yeah, I think it goes back to what we were talking about before. It's the, um, it's the hypocrisy of 2009 versus today. People need to see it. You know, I, I was thinking during the break, what, why wouldn't either party, really, I mean, when the situation presents itself, not use for their campaign the words of the others? Simply put up their words again and again and again, over and over and over. Can you imagine how confusing it would be if you just started playing? Chuck uh, Schumer, 2009? Yeah, but without saying it's 2009. Just put it out there. And just, this, this is what he said. That's a great ad. And, and, just, and just leave it sit there. Like, what, I mean, why not? How, how is it disingenuous? It's a, you're only talking about a decade, you know? I mean, this is one of the biggest ideas, one of the biggest problems, a, a giant notion. And so if, if we're okay letting people constantly pivot, then, oh, God, I hate to say it, but that's how you wind up with the government you deserve. Absolutely. And if you find out that certain people are being investigated, like moms at school board meetings and people that want to go to pro-life centers, and uh, you only find out that certain candidates are being investigated and others want to be ignored, that makes people feel as though there's no, there's no order in the world. That makes people nuts. It's the same. We talked about it last time. A, a, a smash and grab is a small thing in the scheme of things. But when you see it happen and then you see the consequence of it as 0.0, now it's on you. Now, you. now you're walking around living with the understanding that there are no consequences for that thing. And if there's no consequence for that thing, then what thing is there a consequence for? Yep, and that's just it. Walmart says it's affected. There's so much thievery. There's so many smashing grabs. There's so much shoplifting that it's affected the bottom line of the stock price. That's unbelievable to it, me. I, and Target said the same thing. We're going to end with something positive. Let's just talk about what's going to happen tonight. We're at the Patriot Awards in Hollywood, uh, Florida. Do you know when you're going up? Because they have not told us uh, who the winners are. No. Do you know anything about it? No, I, it's, uh, all that's in a lockbox. Uh, it's been kept from me. And you know what? It's just as well. Because it's, it's hours from now, so what would I do with that information this far in advance? My goal is to be here uh, when the event starts and to have a nice meal and to walk on stage and do the thing I've been asked to do, which is uh, introduce and celebrate the father-son team who made these awards. Fantastic. And I will add one other thing. Uh, you also have to be here and get, get a chance to meet the fans. Yep. Uh, that support your show that are Mondays at 8 o'clock. On Fox Business Network. Right, which is probably the best job you've ever had. Uh, I mean, running away, easily the best. I mean, top top 20. Take that, uh, Mike Rowe works. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. All right, we've been streaming this whole time. I should have told you. Oh, yeah, good. I would have tucked my shirt in. You should have. From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, thanks so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We are coming to you from just outside. I don't know. What, what do we actually call the theater, Pete Hegseth? Is there a name to the theater? Because this is the Hard Rock, uh, the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel. Yes. And it's a huge guitar. It's an unbelievable It's site. the Guitar Hotel. You can't miss it. If you're anywhere in the region, you know exactly where to go. But the theater, has, is it 4,000 people? 7,000. 7,000 It's going to be packed. It's sold out. I, although I do not believe it has its own name. 
Wow. Okay. I think good. It's just the I was, theater. I was thinking to myself, why didn't I prepare for this show? <laughs> and I'm, I'm so I should not be as hard on myself. You should not be as hard on yourself. Okay. Every, life is show prep for you. I know that. What do you mean by that? Meaning, like uh, every day I'm preparing every for another day show. You're learning. You're gathering. You're inquiring. This is Earth University. Yes. <laughs> this is how I look at it. Earth University. It's about right. Yeah. I just, I just know you're always prepared, whether you know it or not. Right. Even if I don't show it and I re- and I get it wrong, I'm prepared. You are prepared right. in either to direction. To be wrong. Uh, John Rich is going to be here at the bottom of the hour. Shane and Justin Henderson are going to be here. They made. The awards you're giving away tonight. I mean, they're amazing. We've always had great awards here, but what they crafted at uh, Metal Art of Wisconsin are beautiful. I want one. I do not qualify. Right, but you're going to be giving away. You're the MC. Yes, we'll be giving them away, but I would like to nominate myself for one of those awards. I don't think you can do that. I don't think I can right, either. But you do have power. <laughs> you do have power with the a Patriot sh- Awards. Shockingly low amount of power. Right, you, the best advice you gave me, and i got to get to the big three, and people are uh, mad at me. Actually, yeah. no one's mad at me. Um, I'm used to people being mad at me in my ear, right? <laughs> They're used to getting yelled oh, at. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. So um, I, the smartest thing I said to you two months ago, I said, yeah, uh, is Jen, who's a producer, yep. who you married, not to be, not to host. You didn't marry her to host the Patriot Awards, right? <laughs> that is not true. That is not, not true. There, there was no Patriot Awards oh, when we met. So that's proof that you're it's right. Proof. Okay. So I just said, uh, yeah, I got to talk to Jen about tickets. She goes, well, uh, I don't know. They're going to be sold out. I go, what are you talking about? They're going. I'm telling you, they're going quick. And I saw there's no advertising for it. That's what happened. So I bought ten tickets. Yep. Smartest thing ever, because now people are scrambling for tickets. It's a great move. Right. Because uh, there are none to be had. You can maybe go on StubHub uh, Stub and grab a couple. And it's but. just to highlight the Patriots and first responders, armed men and women that do things on an on a, on a, on a extraordinary basis and never get the fame or acclaim they deserve. And you can't – there's no way you can pick – you know, it's, it's impossible to choose who that ought be. So everyone up there – represents thousands of others that would do the same and have done the same. All right, so let's see. Uh, let's find out what is the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion industry? Uh, Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Have you Number three. Four years the only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants. Our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. That's one of the sound bites that uh, just had me ex- totally exasperated. Game plan revealed. Schumer calls for amnesty right out of the gate while the floodgates are wide open at our border and Title 42 about to go away. This can't stand. Number two. We just finished this election, okay? People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. Trump's in. Who joins him in 2024? Can the Donald formulate a new game plan to do what he had done in 2016 and that to win? As the media fuels talk of a GOP civil war, I say it's called competition. And since the left is barren, they choose to, to talk about the right. Number one. They've given us a 50-50 government again. I think what the public is going to be looking at is whether or not this narrowly divided Congress can accomplish anything that does them any good in terms of their lives. 
Yeah, answer that, won't you? Power decided and divided as GOP gets the House and picks their leaders, Speaker McCarthy, and to a degree, McConnell, the ball is yours. So, Pete, as we get set for the Patriot Awards the day after, what do you think this Congress can do beginning in January, especially if Herschel wins? You know, uh, it was interesting. Right before I, I came on with you, the House Republicans, James Comer and, uh, and uh, Jim Jordan, were hosting a press conference about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and his overseas business dealings, something only Fox News Channel has covered. But they laid out point by point, evidence by evidence, the evidence they have tying it to Joe Biden. If they're persistent and able to break through a media that doesn't want to cover it, there is, a, of course, a massive scandal there, not to mention all the other policy-related debacles, whether it's the border, whether it's COVID origins, uh, uh, our, our energy problems. So if, if they can, they're going to have to craft it in a way that is both forward-looking, talking about where they want to take the country, but also willing to channel the frustration uh, that Americans feel about this administration. It could be a tough tough two years for Joe Biden. He's already, he's it already sort of, he's, he's benefited from a fawning Congress willing yeah. to do whatever he wants. And press. If he, and press. If he doesn't have that, he's, you know, it's going to take him back a step, I think. I think, or um, three. I, I think you're right. I, and like I hear McCarthy came out and said, we're going to rescind those 87,000 new IRS agents, which you can't even wrap your head around. They actually approved that. Joe Manchin signed off on this, but can you? Can you do that? Does the Senate put it back? Does the executive order it in? And does that last another two years? Legislatively, can you do that? Or is it just more symbolism? Well, you're playing a game of chicken with the Senate, right? So they, they could get away with it, again, because the media is not going to cover it. So let's say the House Republicans repeal that, send it to the Senate. Do you really want to be a Democrat up in 2024 who was willing to vote for 87,000 more IRS agents if it's a, a standalone vote? Because 2024 in the Senate is going to be a bad year. 2018 was a wave year for Democrats. So a lot of vulnerable Democrats coming up in 24. Force them to get the 51-52 to pass it. Uh, and then, I don't know, but I think Biden, what does he care? What does he care? He'll sit there and veto pen this stuff all day. He knows he doesn't ultimately have a political future. I mean, they're going to have to make it look like You think he he's running again? I, I don't think he's running again. I don't know how he could run again. Uh, but they're going to have to make it look like he is for as long as possible to keep his to keep stave off the lame duck status. Here's the other thing I'm, I'm, I'm signaling to the control room <laughs> that's not here. Here's the uh, you see, uh, number six. This is the other thing they can be doing right away. It's not a question of, of if it's politicized. It is. We've had agents come talk to us, several agents to our office and Senator Grassley's office, who've said that it's, quote, one agent said it is rotted to the core at the top levels, not the rank and file agents, but the top levels at the Washington field office. They're talking about the DOJ and the FBI. I want to see those whistleblowers. I wanted to. Now they were up. And the reason why we're saying this, we're over 218. Mm -hmm. So Republicans are going to have a margin. The nine seats are still out there. So let's see what they can do. They have a margin to work and start bringing these men forward. Let the whistleblowers, hopefully they, they won't, don't want to have the back shadow. We can actually see who they are. How, how, do you, how do you choose what to prioritize if you're this Congress? That's one thing. Second thing is everybody knows the name of Alexander Vindman, right? The world's most famous whistleblower because of the phone call, because the media decided to lionize whistleblowers. You know this, I know this. They could cart out 50 whistleblowers with more damning information than Vindman ever had, and the press will probably ignore all of it. C-SPAN will cover it. We'll show it. But ultimately, they won't do any other digging. I mean, it is, it, it is so 
amazing how powerful the confluence is between the rest of the media and the Democrats to cover for them. I think we'll see that on hyperdrive. Now think about this. Three months after the election, the New York Times writes a story that it looks like the laptop is real. Yep. Right? They did cover and blow open the, the, the whole Lewinsky story back in the 80s and the 90s, right? So there are certain moments. Hillary Clinton, they did cover uh, her email yeah. situation. Is this the time? Is this good the point. time without Trump involved? It's a do, good do point. Do they somewhat go center left? Oh, well, the thing is Trump is still involved. I mean, he's, he's a candidate. He's the only official candidate right now. The, the, the Biden White House is willing to use him as a foil. So any inch they give looks like an inch they're giving Trump. It just seems so obvious. From FTX to Hunter Biden, pick your scandal. If just one or two good, top, byline, intrepid reporters dove into it and decided we're going to make this, except they would be excommunicated from the, the Church of the Democrat Press. It's just, it's just a, I think, a different world now. It's either follow the herd and the group think, or otherwise you're over here and you're helping the other guy. You might be right. You might be right. I don't want to be totally cynical across the board. Right. But it feels less likely that moments like that will happen authentically. All right. We're going to take a time out. Uh, do you have another segment for us? Uh, I think so. I've got to be somewhere in 20 minutes. We in can do 20 it. 20 minutes. I think you can do it. Let's do How's it. How's your Let's foot do speed? It. Uh, quick, not kill me quick, but quick. Right, yeah, you can never be. No, that there's quick. no way. I, I, I love, I love that you try though. Those feet and the the the, the, the dribbling you've got, sock. I can't do that. The walking, the walking. I walk backwards better, but that's it. <laughs> uh, listen, when we come back. I'm going to play Chuck Schumer in 2009, and I'm going to compare it to Chuck Schumer in 2022, and I'm going to tell you what Mike Rowe's idea was, which I think is revolutionary. Don't move. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Immigrants make us stronger now more than ever. Now more than ever. We're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Is that insane? One day after being assured of the majority in the Senate, Chuck Schumer comes out and says, let's legalize 11 million, Pete Hegseth, as you get set to host and MC the Patriot Awards the fourth time. But I could not believe he says this right away. I mean, your, your reaction to this. He says 11 million? Boy, like oh, 35 million. 11 million is the talking point of when they stopped talking about it, yeah. right? was 11 million. It, we're talking 25, 30. And I, I, I said this, and I'm, I'm sure you did too. This whole wave of illegality is just Dreamer 3.0, Dreamer 4.0, Dreamer 5.0. It's a political talking point they'll attempt to leverage forever. I just didn't expect Chuck Schumer to come out and say it on day one. Here's our priority, uh, amnesty for everybody. So I want you to hear Chuck Schumer in 2009 and and Eric back in New York play either clip because we'll play both of them. Either one, listen to Chuck Schumer talk about his view on illegal immigration. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration, we will make no progress on dealing with the millions 
of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. I mean, does he not even say, Pete, is he not even going to acknowledge that he never felt this way before and he's changed his opinion? And what has happened to that logical approach to illegal immigration? It's hard to figure out. I mean, what's happened to the logical aspect of a lot of the modern Democrat Party or our politics? Trans rights being something fundamental. I mean, trans rights, drag queen story hour. I mean, you've got... What it is is radical left-wing interests have even more entrenched and fortified their powers in every quarter of the left. The media, the classroom, our politics, outside interests, so these outside non-governmental organizations that advocate for open borders. Now they give a lot of money to Democrats. They've got a seat at the table. And, and because Washington listens to those special interests, suddenly now they're the, tea, uh, the, the party of open borders. Uh, it, it's really scary. It's really bad for the country. Uh, and, but that doesn't mean it's going to work. Because remember, we were told if Donald Trump takes the helm and you want to build this wall and you want to secure that border, you're going to screw yourself with Hispanics for generations to come. It's gone in the other direction. Yeah. So if you're honest with people, you apply common sense uh, and not insanity. You know, Hispanics, like every other group of people, want safe streets and families, and they don't want drag queen story hour in their, and they don't believe their their son can be pregnant. And if you just hit them where they're at. Right. They'll respond to it. So I think it's a political gamble they're not going to win. So, we, you know, you need the wall. I wear those containers that are coming out that now they carry Lake. Looks like she lost. Yeah. I wear those containers, that container border wall, which was makeshift but effective, is going to come out in Arizona. Arizona's going to be like New Mexico and California. Come one, come all. Even though Texas is doubling and tripling down, but they're, they're hamstrung by the fact they're a state. Listen to Chuck Schumer saying exactly what Senator Obama and Senator Biden said in the same year. The year is 2008. Construction of a 630-mile border fence that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. I mean, you couldn't say that, those words, remotely inside the modern Democrat Party. It's like Trump. Can't say it. That is Trump. Then that's why Trump, when they frame him as a radical, all he's saying is, he was, wasn't even a Republican for years. Yeah. He's simply saying, I'm a businessman who knows how the game is played, and that's why he's so dangerous in 2024, should he become the nominee. Or, when the, you know, we can talk about the viability and all that. I think he could win. Mm. He knows how Washington works now, and that's a big difference. So yesterday, uh, two days ago, Donald Trump said, I am in. I thought it was a really good speech, mm-hmm. and I also thought they did not talk about 2020 at all. And I thought that was important. And as Britt Hume came out and said, you know, that was like his concession speech they never made because he didn't bring up I was robbed and we're going to do it this time. So it shows he's coachable. So the one thing he'd want to do now a year ahead of time, do you know why he, because you know him so well, do you know why he would choose to announce 730 days ahead of time? Well, it's plain and simple. He wants to box out the Republican field, Brian. I mean, he, he believes that whether he said it or not, he believes it was stolen from him. And, as a, and, and frankly, forget about 2020. 2016 with the whole Russia hoax. So they, they tried to undo and delegitimize his presidency from the beginning, effectively stealing his ability to set an agenda the way Joe Biden had an open field, right? So you're frustrated about that. COVID arrives. 2020 happens. You're frustrated about that. He feels like as the guy who remade the Republican Party, it is his nomination if he wants it. He's frustrated, of course, by DeSantis. I mean, if you look at DeSantis wrap his arms around Trump in 2018, you've seen the ad that he ran about how he putting his, his baby in a Trump onesie and everything, building the wall. He became who he was be, by embracing Trump. 
from Trump's perspective, there's not been enough reciprocal gratitude and recognition of that and a willingness to bow out for Trump to be the nominee. So he's doing what he does. He wants to win, jumping in early, trying to box everybody else out. Other people are going to run. It, run. I get it. And there's a, we've been talking about a long list of them. But that's why he announced early. Get so, after it. Frame the, the terms of the debate. You have Madison Cawthorn, who's going to uh, vote for him on the show. Mar- Mar- uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who says, uh, count me in. Wesley Hunt says, count me in. John Frederick's a syndicated conservative talk show host. But you know, Christy Noem surprised me, the governor of South Dakota. She said, um, she said she does not believe that Trump offered the best chance for the party in 2024. Mm. Mo Brooks, who the president uh, just left, said... Uh, I am out. Uh, put it bluntly, in a phone interview, there was no other option. In 2024, we'll have to take candidates who are vastly superior and will do much better than competing against a Democrat nominee. Chris Sununu says he's a loser. So what do you think about a Republican Party not afraid to speak out against him? Uh, Elise Stefanik also in- endorsed him recently. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it was a tough 2022 midterm. Uh, there are, thankfully, we have Republicans have a deep bench of highly qualified people. Uh, who don't need to be propped up by the media. If anything, they've come out of the media assault and come out stronger. And I think they're tuned in on issues that meet the electorate where they're at because of Trump. So if you don't like the style, I get it. If you're not in for the disruption, I get it. But everyone's going to be in the mold of Trump. Right. He's proven he's willing to fight. That's why I think he'll have more support than people think. Well, my feeling is I don't want him to run because if he wins, he'll take Pete Hegseth to Washington. <laughs> Pete, good luck tonight. What time does everything start? 7 p.m. Fox Nation. You'll be up there with me at like 7.10. And so you'll don't have be gel? Late. You'll wear gel? Lots of and, – and a blow dryer now, hairspray. It's going to look good. unbelievable. <laughs> Pete Hegseth, thank you. Thank you. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, we're back. John Rich is here, the music legend. Uh, He's going to be all over the Patriot Awards, as he is every year. You cannot have the awards without it. Uh, And, of course, John's here. He's got The Pursuit uh, with John Rich, also on Fox Business Wednesdays. And uh, John's got liquor. He's got a bank. He's got a bar. (laughs) He's got, he plays music. You close, are we allowed to say what you're doing? You can say what I'm doing. Okay. You're closing the show tonight. I'm closing the show tonight with God Bless America. Right. Which I think is a great way to close it. And Just you, you and the guitar. Just, no, no guitar. No Acapella. Guitar. You know, like you would sing it in first grade or kindergarten. You know, the way we all learned it in this country when they still let songs like that be sung in school. And uh, they said, hey, we'd love for you to come and end the night. I think a lot of people are going to walk out and sing it with me, and I'll lead the whole crowd and, and America in right. God Bless America. It's probably the most important lyric we could be singing these days. So you play in so many venues. You told me you have 40 dates already, right? This year we did close to 40 Big and Rich shows. I did about 20 other things on my own. Uh, it's been a big year, man. The crowds are out and having a good time. Yeah, we were in Hollywood, Florida. There's a 7,000-seat arena in there. Describe yeah. it for people. I mean, we were on the stage this morning on Fox & Friends. Describe it for people. For It's so beautiful, I think. It's a, well, it's a beautiful room. Uh, you know, Hard Rock is a great place to be. It is. Um, they but, all are. Yeah, they all, yeah when you, but when you walk out on stage, and not only 7,000 people, but 7,000 fired-up patriots. Right. Uh, that, that's the best feeling you could possibly have. And, you know, they're here to celebrate people that truly make the country great and give give uh, 
acknowledgement to people that never get acknowledged for the great things that they do. So this is what they're going to have. They're going to have six awards, Most Valuable Patriot and Ultimate Patriot. Back, back the Blue Award recognizes, obviously, U.S. law enforcement officer for their remarkable sacrifices. Service to Veterans Award recipient has shown outstanding efforts to honor the military. Courage and heroism acknowledge the sacrifices made by Americans to defend personal freedoms. And what's going to happen, too, uh, is you're going to get the build-up is going to be the videos to show everyone what mm-hmm. they did and where they go. Yeah. And that's just it. The one thing I think we have to agree on, I don't care who you voted for, but can you agree that you love the country? Can't we, can't we start with that and then build our way well, up? I, I would hope, but unfortunately a lot of people don't love the country. I mean, they just don't. Right. Uh, look, look what they do when the national anthem is played. Look what they do when, the, when they see the flag. Look what they do out in the streets. Um, so a lot of people don't love the country, unfortunately, but I believe the vast majority of us do, whether you're left, right, or middle. So tonight celebrates that. It's a, it's a powerful American moment. I, I think so, too. But did you say this, John? That was more of a conversation two years ago. Are you encouraged by the fact that I'm going to watch football on Sunday and no one's taking a knee. I will watch football on Saturday and nobody's <laughs> taking a knee. College never took a knee. I never saw college players taking a knee. Right. Yeah. Uh, football. In football. Yeah. yeah. It was some uh, annex. So yeah. soccer's well, going a little bit woke. I don't know. How do you think, how do you think Brittany Griner's feeling right now that she was trashing the flag and, and all that, and now she's literally in a, in a Russian prison yard somewhere? See, I hope a penal she, colony. A penal colony. I hope she gets out. ASAP, and I've said this before, if Trump was president, she would already be out. I, no doubt about it. But she's not out. I hope she gets out soon, and I hope she comes back to America and tells everybody what communism is actually like. And that you know, America's not perfect. The per- farce of a legal system. America's not perfect, but um, you do not want to be in a communist country. We've got it really good in America. Right. I mean, the, the one thing we're, we're learning, too, is uh, my advice to people is because I do these uh, live shows, so I go around and I'll be... Uh, I don't sing and I don't dance. I don't have the talent. But I'm able to talk through my history books and tell people about fundamentally these stories really happened. This is our country. And I think what's great about it is not that we're perfect, that we try to be. I don't run from the slavery argument. I don't pretend that the South, there weren't slaves there. In the North, only 3% of the African-American population was there. I don't pretend that in the Civil War, if you told the North they were fighting to free the slaves, they wouldn't have fought. But they gradually grew on to that and understood it. You can't say that Lincoln was born an abolitionist or Benjamin Franklin, but they became it the more they learned and grew from it. Yep. We used to study this stuff. It's now not we, there now we go, we've got to take Benjamin Franklin down. Now, you know, we, we gotta take, yeah, now they just hit it with big, broad strokes that, that back up the, the narrative they're trying to push, and they don't get down to the de- details. That's why your books are important. I mean, we've got your books at my house. Everybody go get Brian's books and make your kids read them uh, because they need to understand the actual history, and they're entertaining the way you write those books. Well, thanks, man. Uh, the, the one thing, the, one of the highlights was when Andrew Jackson was out, you came. Oh, yeah. I, I was able to go to your mini theater. Oh, man. No wonder you, you're a hard judge because you, you actually have a home theater, but not with flat screens. You have a home stage. Theater. I have a home stage. Yes, it, well, it's unbelievable. I mean, my favorite thing to do is, is play live music. So I thought, I'm going to put something in the house where anytime I want, I can just play some live music. You know, the other thing about you I think is interesting is you work so hard, the success you have, but you like sharing it does that make right. it the most fun like the people yeah. you've known your whole life they see you have the success and all you do is you reach back and say come enjoy this with me yeah a lot, well a lot of people have reached back and helped me especially and they still do even now uh, things that i'm stepping into now going forward i still don't understand everything that's part of the fun of it is learning as you go 
But I've got a high school diploma. I grew up in a double-wide trailer in Texas. That is the extent of my pedigree. But I've got the American dream. And so if I have more than I need, I look for other people to say, hey, you got some talent. you got some drive. Let me, let me throw a little gas on your fire and, and get you up and running, too. And I think that's the way Americans should operate. So you got your bar. Yep. Uh, you got your – didn't you bring me to your clothing store, too? Don't have a clothing store. No, wait, who had your boots that you had? My boots? I have a boot line. Yeah, you have French's. A boot? Yeah, yeah, so right. I'm wearing them right now. Red, white, and blue. Like RedneckRiviera.com has the boots, the, the the whiskey, everything. That brand is doing really well. No kidding. And now you have a, you're getting into the banking business. Well, so I watched what happened in Canada with Trudeau when he weaponized people's bank accounts, and he had peace, peaceful protests with all these truckers. And he said, "Hey, if you don't disperse, we're going to freeze your bank accounts, your personal bank accounts, your business bank accounts." the company you work for's bank account, and they stayed, and they, he froze their accounts. He even went so far to say, hey, if you're a tow truck operator that won't tow a truck, I'm going to freeze your bank accounts. I thought, you know what, we're one step away from that in this country with some of the people calling the shots. We need a banking platform that will not cancel you because of your expression of your freedom of speech. So Old Glory Bank, this idea came along a couple of years ago. I was very interested in it, that you can't be canceled as long as you're not a lawbreaker. You can't be canceled off this for your beliefs or, or expressing yourself. And so, yeah, I'm one of the uh, – a small part, but one of the founders of Old Glory Bank. You should go check it out. If, if you feel like I feel, we need our own platforms, Brian. People all say they want to run for the hills, but there's no hill to run to. So Old Glory Bank is now a new hill to run to if you're concerned like I am about at some point the government weaponizing your money against you. Okay, so so we, it's up and running. Yeah, well, right now they're taking reservations for accounts. So you can go to oldglorybank.com, okay. read about it. Uh, ben Carson is a part of it. Larry Elder is a wow. part of it. Did I'm you put, you put it. it all together? Or you? No, no, they called me, and they said, hey, we know you're a hardworking guy, and when you put your money in a bank, that means something because you had to go earn that the hard way. I said, that's right. Are you ever concerned somebody might cancel you, freeze your credit cards like they did to Dinesh when he was over in Europe? I said, yeah, I'm concerned about that a great deal. They said, well, this is a platform that will never happen. As long as you're not breaking the law, nobody will ever weaponize your bank account. I love the name. So you mentioned the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, who I think is just a despicable human being. I have almost zero respect for him. By the way, why he goes and wears blackface, some people get canceled and he doesn't. But they reelected him inexplicably in Canada. Mm -hmm. But he was caught. He was berated by... President Xi of China. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, did you see that? It was caught on mic intentionally, it's believed. He says, uh, this is the President Xi. He says, everything we discuss has been leaked to the papers, and that is not appropriate. And that is not the way the mm-hmm. conversation was conducted. Uh, uh, conducted In Canada, we, but then Trudeau came back. In Canada, we believe in a free and open and frank dialogue, and we will continue to have, and we will continue to work constructively together. But there will be things we disagree on. David Mulroney says it appeared to him that President Xi planned to dress down Trudeau with an earshot of journalists. It was designed to be a rebuke and to be a public rebuke. This is very much a lecture from an uncle to a young boy. Yeah. That is a Dave Mulroney, the Canada's ambassador to China. Oh, yeah. This is getting out of control. That, that's akin to your granddaddy telling you, go pick a switch. And if you don't know what that means, I'm gonna say all your you. country people know what I'm talking about. Hey, you go, go out there and pull a limb out of a tree and bring it back to me because I'm going to whip you with it. Like, that's what that is. Listen, Trudeau arguing with Xi is like a steak knife arguing with a piece of birthday cake. I mean, good luck. Right. He, he just ran into a monster. 
Tr- Justin Trudeau is a sniveling little brat. We all know that. And again, we were talking about the old glory bank thing. Justin Trudeau, because he wouldn't go talk to the people and he wouldn't answer their questions, his only maneuver, which is what a coward does, is freeze their bank accounts of blue-collar, hardworking truckers. That's what he did. And if you don't think that can happen in America, then you ain't paying attention. Absolutely. That's uh, where we're getting. I never thought it would happen in Canada. I thought it would happen in America before Canada. Yeah. That benign country that prides itself on, on, on a steady, uh, uh, steady flow. That's the way they go. So for you in particular, uh, John, you keep all these balls in the air, but does it start and end with music? Do you still get up every day and think music first? I think, no, you know what I think is uh, my family first. So i got two sons, 11 and 12, my wife, and I look at what their future is going to be, especially my kids, and I think, yeah, music is, of course, that's a driver to a lot of things I do, but I look at, I look at what they're going to be dealing with when they're 22, 32, 42, 52 in their lives, and what we do right now, Brian, right. is going to dictate what they're dealing with the rest of their lives. So that's what I actually think about every morning. Hey, you know, one thing is it might be family first, and you might be in control of your own career, but you also have to go to rehearsal. That's so right, right now. you on stage. <laughs> I have man. to go. Right. Yes, sir. So, uh, John Rich, thank you very much for the quality time. I'll see you on stage Thanks, in, in, in the back room. See you All soon, right? sir. All right, All right go man. get him. Okay. Back in a moment. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. I'm here because the this year's Patriot Award, the physical award, is being made in Wisconsin by a father-son team. All right, the Hendersons, uh, Shane, I think, and uh, and Justice, and um, it's a super cool American flag. And I just love the idea that it's it's welding torches and it's hammering, and like you can see these guys physically making. This isn't an Emmy. This isn't an Oscar. This isn't a bowling it's trophy. It's steel this is a wood. steel, and I mean, it's it's just so tactile, and it's so cool to watch these guys make these awards, and then, you know, to present them to these honorees. It's um, well, hell, it's patriotic and it's personal, and it it means something. And Micro is going to be out there awarding the award, and uh, that is Shane and Justice Henderson. If you're watching on the stream. Uh, you're seeing them up close and personal. You watched them on Fox and Friends earlier. You'll see them throughout. They created the actual award that's going to be given out to six different recipients tonight uh, at, uh, in the beautiful uh, Hard Rock. Uh, this is the Hard Rock Guitar Hotel. Metal Art of Wisconsin that is all part of the Patriot Awards event. Shane and Justice, welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. All right, so for people who aren't seeing the stream, we're driving in their car right now. Can you tell me what goes into this trophy, Justice? Uh, it's in, it's inlaid stars and it's uh, made of uh, mild steel, oh, stainless steel. It's stainless steel, and uh, he he actually set it up for it to be made. Yeah, so that is a it's a two inch thick maple uh, from the northern woods of Wisconsin. It's a three dimensional wavy flag, so it's a ton. I mean, hours, days of sanding these things uh, to make it look like it's blowing in the wind. Uh, then Justice hand masks them, hand paints them, hand inlays the stars. Uh, super tedious, super meticulous. Uh, I my fingers, sausage fingers, are too yeah, big they, to do it. They take wow. days to make. Yeah, um, and then the the stainless steel riveted um, base, uh, kind of uh, World War II, kind of a bomber seat look and feel to it, is made by East Coast Metalworks down in Florida as a buddy of mine, and we collaborated. And in my opinion, 
this is the coolest thing that's ever come out of my company. It is awesome, and they look cool, and uh, they're badass. Who designed it? Um, well, the flag is the flag is me, um, and the 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 base is a collaboration between me and James. Wow. Uh, so then, how many are there made right now? Uh, we've got the six that are being uh, oh, done tonight. Yep, done tonight, and then we've done a couple uh, secret ones that aren't uh, can't talk about quite yet. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, but this is. I mean, after this, this is this design's retired. We won't make this for anybody else. This is strictly a Fox News thing. But we have similar designs on the website on freedomcabinet.com um, of stands and desktop and corporate gifts. You were sending like you sent me a couple of years ago uh, one of that one, one of those flags that go on the wall. That's a cabinet. Yep. And I hung it right away in my gym. And every time I do a live shot, I see in the background. Yep. Not many people understand it opens up. You keep stuff in it. That's it's the that's, that's the freedom cabinet. It's right. a concealment and the one you flag. Gave Ainsley is for liquor. Yeah, that, right. yep. yep. <laughs> With his own foam in it. Yep. Uh, a lot of guys will put their uh, constitutionally protected items inside of it. And, like uh, your guns? Yep. And, uh, you know, the ladies like the, uh, the wine and spirit. So we have the Freedom Cabinet, and then we have the Speakeasy Vault. And uh, the Speakeasy Vault is the bar that folds out and has the cup holders and all that stuff. What is it like to work with your dad on this? It's a dream come true. It's every father's dream. And, uh, you know, you can basically say I had my first job when I was 10 years old. I've been helping him since I was... You know, it's still in elementary school, and, you know, I remember trying to go to bed at night, and all I hear is uh, packages and uh, packing tape and everything, and yep. it's just super loud. And it's just all I mean, this, this business exploded, you know, unexpectedly. We weren't prepared for it. We had nine-to-five jobs. Uh, we made a flag. We put it on Instagram. It went absolutely viral. And what was your flag? What did it look like? It was a tattered flag. Um, Wood. Made it ten years. Made of wood? No, no, no. Steel. This was uh, a steel tattered flag. We painted it. We put it up, and long story short, we basically woke up and had a thousand orders. And we did no employees, no shop. We had no time, and uh, we had to make a choice. I mean, this is why we make a cool product. But America has fallen in love with our story more than anything else because we had to make a choice to chase the American dream and go all in and do this, or keep the nine to five jobs. And we went all in and risked absolutely everything, and it paid off. I mean, now. When we're cooking, we have uh, two manufacturing facilities. We have 30 employees. We have two shifts. At Christmas time, we have thousands of back orders. Uh, the Freedom Cabinet went absolutely viral in 2017, and we couldn't make them fast enough. I mean, we've sold tens of thousands of them. Shane and uh, Justice Henderson, our guests, they created the awards of this year's Fox Nation uh, Patriotic Awards event. If we want to find out where your catalog is, go, go to Metal Art of Wisconsin? Yeah, metalartofwisconsin.com, but we an easier website that points to it is uh, freedomcabinet.com. Freedom Cabinet. Yep, freedomcabinet.com, and we have some really cool Black Friday stuff going on right now. Uh, you can get the awards and anything patriotic, anything metal art. Um, we've got a lot of stuff. Yeah, no kidding. So, so describe it for somebody that's never done something like this before. This needs to be done individually. This yeah. cannot be mass produced. But other stuff can that you do? You can put this into a machine or you all have to have, you have to have woodworkers with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We have a full staff of woodworkers. We have CNC machinery, CNC press brakes, lasers. I mean, we have a huge manufacturing facility. Um, the prototypes and the design work, those are more one-offs. Once we get a, a product that takes off, then we can kind of set the machines up to do them. But no matter, they're all handmade. I mean, no matter, even when it does come off the machine, there's hours of work that still needs to be done to it right. manually. And, and Justice, is, where do you come in on that? I, I paint the stars and I uh, I inlay each each uh, sorry I I paint all the stripes and I inlay each steel star. Yep. And then I send it off to get finished wow. off. So he he developed. This looks a little re- recessed too, right? Yep. Are they recessed? Yeah, Does this go inlaid. over it? Yep. Interesting. 
So Justice grew up in the shop, and he was kind of the paint guy for a while, and he developed, we, we can't see any of it here, but he developed a, um, this gift for this uh, marbling patina process to make it look like an aged flag. And he just did it messing around, and we put it up on the website, and like everything, it just went freaking crazy. And uh, we sold thousands of them, and he became a rock star at my company about three years ago and became kind of the face of everything. So are you, are you full-time? You're there every yep. day? Yep. So you know exactly where he is. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's father and son. It's been uh, in about three, four months. The company's going to be 10 years old since he was 10. He'll be uh, 20 here uh, this year. And uh, it's, I mean, every father's dream to have a blue-collar job and have a kid that's not sitting on the couch playing Xbox. And yeah. he's out side by side wearing a welding hood, grinding, sparks flying, dirt on his face. And you'll see it all tonight at the Patriot Awards in beautiful Hollywood, Florida. Shane and Justice Henderson, thanks so much. Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Yeah, that was a nice uh, dig from Greg Gutfeld, which rarely happens. So we were able to capture it on tape. Hi, everybody. Brian Kilmeade, Hollywood, Florida, the place. Hard Rock is the place within the place. This is an unbelievable city. They have crime under control, and it's a lovely place. Last year, I took a tour around this place, actually on a gunboat. Was it a gunboat or just one of those law enforcement boats? Yeah, yeah. We didn't find any crime. (laughs) So my sense is I didn't see any stats, or I did see one pie chart. No crime. Okay. Right? Jimmy Faglia is here. Jimmy, when are you going to start your show? Yeah, my show comes on at noon right right here on Radio Row. I'm following you. Right. Uh, At what we must acknowledge is we're calling it the Patriot Awards, but what is this really? It's a zoo. They're letting people see the news people in their natural habitat right. and pet us and touch us. One woman just said she paid $5. She gets to feed me. Right. What's going on here, Kill Me? I want to know. I have questions. You should be more pricey than that. Yeah. <laughs> now, if people don't know the setup, it's great. Radio yes. Row. Last year, we just had a table. Mm-hmm. This year, we have a flat screen. Mm. And right behind, what does it say? It says Brian Kilmeade Show. Yeah. Now, you, you surprised me with something before. Yeah. As a tribute to me during your show, do you plan on leaving my name up? You being the godfather of radio. Right. I feel like I, I the owe, first. I, you are. And I feel like I owe it to you to do my show in front of the Kilmeade logo. Basically, I'm just trying to pick up some sponsorships. You know, it's, <laughs> a, it's a slick way to draft like well, NASCAR. Then, whatever you need. Uh, <laughs> So while we're doing this, we're coming out of midterm elections. Donald Trump announced the day before. Mm-hmm. Now we find out yesterday, last night, what did we find out? Mm-hmm. We found out that the majority is going to go to the House. So yes. the Republicans are going to be in control of one chamber. Yep. Uh, we think we know the speaker, we know the majority leader. Mm-hmm. So can we just start running reruns on our show? I mean, can <laughs> we, we just say, are can, we good till January? Can we January? just do one? Yeah. Well, I think we're just about there. Can anyone else declare? Yeah, because between the two of us, we have not had a day off since about 2017. Yeah, it's okay. crazy. Maybe just a Actually, day. 2015. Is that what it was Trump for went you? down the escalator. He came down the escalator. Neither of us have been home. Okay, right. I have sent my family, like, two proof-of-life videos. Right. But, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to put it on cruise control. But I have a feeling, you know, because he just jumped in. It's time to ratchet up the tension meter again. But this is what I think strategically he did wrong. As two sports guys who like to call balls and strikes. Brian, I do feel it's just too early. You do. How do you hold momentum for two years? Because, you know, the one thing the media is going to try to do is create momentum for other people. Right. So every time somebody else comes down their own escalator, they're going to become the new shiny thing. And they're going to get a lot of heat. And it's not to say they'll do anything with it. But the point is it's going to happen. So he's got to contend with it's a long you know, he'd have to be secretariat. He's got to run this thing wire to wire. Right. And it's not 1973. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And we're secretariat now. Uh, well, <laughs> Dodge, right? he's, yeah, he's in the yeah, 
God rest Secretariat, and all the few horses that have won me money. Right. Lord knows there's a lot in the glue factory that haven't killed me. <laughs> okay. So, so a couple of things. We had Mike Pence on yesterday. Uh, so Mike, uh, Mike Pence was on. That's just a flex, by the way. Listen to the guest kill me gets. He's like, we had Mike Pence. I'm like, I had my brother Mike. But that's fine. Go ahead. No, who do you? You have Carly Shimkus later. Oh no, I get, I get some heavy hitters. We can, right. I got a lot of blackmail on people here. No, they come right. on. <laughs> so, um, so Mike Pence was on yesterday, one day after Donald Trump comes out. Mm-hmm. But people did notice that Donald Trump had a plan B. Yeah. His plan B was not to talk about 2020, maybe for the first time ever. Do you mm-hmm. think that's going to be a trend? Do you think he's going to say, I, I, I got to shut that down? If he is smart, yes. Uh, he will go disciplined and just keep the ball over the plate. Because 2020 is just, it's a look backwards. For whatever it's worth, plenty of people have plenty of questions. But it's not the issue that's going to get anybody to the polls. So, yes, I think he should keep command of that fastball over the plate. Point being, whoever put the shock collar around his neck the other night and said they'd buzz it if he said 2020 did a good thing. Here is Britt Hume's analysis to see if it matches yours. Oh. Cut uh, 18. Well, it was very long, um, very much like Trump, except for the one important respect which, uh, which we reported, which is there was no mention of the 2020 outcome and his... Uh, his ceaseless, previously ceaseless, objections to it and claims it was stolen. Uh, that proved a millstone, that, that, that argument proved a millstone around the neck of a number of the candidates that he had endorsed who lost their elections, and he seems to have learned a lesson from that. This is probably as close to an admission that he made a mistake uh, that we'll ever hear from Donald Trump. Um, the question now becomes, he's got two years now, before a year before any primaries, really, and two years before an election, that's a lot of time. What's he going to do with it, one wonders? Oh, just call me Jim Hume, right. by the way. I'm saying it's very similar. Did you go to, did you watch Brit Hume last night? I did not. I've been traveling. So this is, yeah. So yeah. this is really, you have an original thought and Brit Hume has an original Listen thought. Listen to me. Where's my White House gig? Come right, on, Hume, move over. The failures are coming. Right. Uh, Brit is spot on, though. He gets it, man. I mean, we're not talking about politics. We're just, we're talking sports here. This is a matter of execution. You just made the race seven or eight months longer. It, you know, at a, to be clear, he's an indefatigable guy. He's got a lot of energy, but he's going to be 76, 77 as this race progresses. I wouldn't sign up for that gig. I mean, look yeah. at me now. I'm, I'm fat and out of breath just from getting up the stairs to your show, and I'm like 45. I wouldn't say either one of those things are true, but I will say this. You, we did an interesting bump in with you on Fox and Friends. Mm-hmm. You were walking, but you were far away. Yeah. You were far away. <laughs> So you're walking, and when you got to the stage, you were winded. I was. This is the thing. Kilmeade keeps giving me these walking teases because he wants me to get my Fitbit to double digits with the right. steps. So every time I'm on one of your shows, I've, I found out the walk gets a little longer. This is right. yeah, It's a fat intervention, we and I'm fine with it. We also have stairs. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we have, do you realize we don't have – do you ever go into Studio M? Yeah. We do not have a license to put people on that elevator. Is that true? Yeah. That's, that's why I got to go up those stairs? That's right, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just me. It's just for equipment. Because all your teases are an intervention. Like, Jimmy, we're going to get a tease of you doing dumbbell curls, uh, three sets of 12. I'm like, wait a minute. So, so do you see Christy Nome came out and says, I'm not going to support Donald Trump? I thought that wow. was pretty. What, what Senator Braun says he's got to let, let it play this thing out. What I am surprised by is there's definitely been a change in tone around this thing. People were horrified about daring to defy him or say they were even on the fence about him. Now it's over. I mean, in that regard, we're just, we're just being honest. The game has changed, okay? Right. And he's, it's Trump out of power. It's not Trump in power. It's Trump out of power trying to get back. People realize he could be a potential liability in individual races, so you're going to see that every man, every gal for themselves mentality. They need you out of here, but you have to preview what you're going to be doing today. 
on, uh, in on, the theater, in the 7,000-seat theater. 7,000 people are going to have the honor of watching me do stand-up before we go live on TV. Right. You know, that's the kind of agent I have, Kill me. <laughs> I don't get on the show. They're like, Jimmy, you're going to be telling jokes at the craft services table. I'm getting paid in croissants, but I'm psyched to be here. Right. 7,000 people are going to think you're funny. There, there's that. I'm going to convince. going to bamboozle them again. Good luck on your show from 12 to 3. You're the best. And thanks for the tribute. <laughs> the He's going to leave my name up. See you, brother. When we come back, uh, we come back to... In a matter of moments, Hollywood, Florida, the site of the Patriot Awards, the fourth annual. You'll listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. Learning something new every day on the Brian Kilmeade Show. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're here at the Hard Rock Seminole Hotel. It's pretty amazing. It's Just picture this. It's a huge guitar, and you, you actually live in the guitar, and there's nothing but places to gamble, watch sports, and eat uh, and drink. And there's a huge theater, 7,000 seats. That's where the fourth annual Patriot Awards will be taking place. Now, afterwards on, on Saturday, I'm going to be going to, to the, meet everybody at WRNN who's kind enough to carry this show, Hot Talk 99.5 in Myrtle Beach. I'll be there from, um, I'm on live 10 to 12, obviously, but Barnes & Noble, the Market Common, 3346 Reed Street, Myrtle Beach. I'll be there from 3 to 5. So right from here, I go there. I hope to see everybody as I sign the President of Freedom Fighter. Somebody who's no stranger to writing, Carol Markowitz, New York Post columnist, who picked up stakes and went to Florida yeah. for the good of your family, That's Carol, right? right? Yeah. Could I'm... you reframe that story for us? So welcome to my free state. Nice to see you, Brian. I, I, you know, I try to make everybody move here, so here's my pitch Most to you. people are following you there. More people <laughs> yes. have left New York City oh, than any other. Yeah, I mean, I, and I don't blame them, and it's unfortunate because I am a lifelong New Yorker. I was a lifelong New Yorker. I grew up in Brooklyn. I thought I was raising my family there forever. And then the pandemic hit, and a lot of policies that maybe I had ignored before, I could no longer ignore. And the main thing was they closed schools, and all the people around me who marched for equity, Brian, you know, equity, um, didn't care that the poor kids couldn't go to school, that they didn't have tutors, that they didn't have pods, that they couldn't go to their beach house and go to school there. Um, and I couldn't live with it anymore. So we moved here. It hasn't been even a year yet. Happiest move of our lives. We could not be happier. Wake up every day just feeling blessed for the freedom. What city? Um, so I say South Florida for, for public purposes. But, what, but not far from here. So... Are you surprised that New York is the number one state that people are leaving, that California is number two? I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Those two places. And, you know, a, a lot of people want to move on from talking about the pandemic. But I think so many things that went wrong uh, were because of bad pandemic policies in California and in New York. Um, and I think it starts with the way that they treated children. Um, and, and so I'm not surprised at all. These places locked down really hard. They closed schools for a really long time. They masked two-year-olds, you know, for, for years. Um, so I'm not surprised that people decided they couldn't live like that anymore. Having said that, I'm really glad that New York and California elected so many Republicans to the House that the House is going to be a Republican Can now. you believe that? I, I mean, I can believe New that. New York. Yeah, Long put- Island. Thank you, Strong Island. Right. You know? And then it flipped a few seats upstate, and Staten yeah. Island has always been that way. Right. Uh, they, so there's a few things going on. I don't know if you saw uh, a New York-centric story that uh, Bill de Blasio is teaching at Harvard. <laughs> and some of his, he went up there to lecture, uh-huh. and right away one of the kids put up their hands and said, you know, the only reason I'm at Harvard 
is because I was able to qualify for a magnet school. Mm-hmm. And you disbanded that. Right. You just equaled it all out. Yep. Goes, well, what about the other people that left out? No, no. This is a meritocracy society. If you're really smart and you work really hard, you deserve to be ahead. And you know whose kids went to schools that required, you know, screens, as they call it, to get in. Obviously, Bill de Blasio's kids went to those schools that he then ended the screens for. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. So he also said, what about cops? Or some of the kids put it up in hand. Aren't you responsible for the lack of respect for law enforcement? Don't they hate you? Mm -hmm. They turn their back on you when you go to visit them. And he's like, well, I'm used to I'm used to a low approval ratings or things <laughs> of that nature. But his right. terrible leadership yeah. allowed that city to fall apart. That's right. And nobody talks about the fact that the governor Cuomo mm-hmm. and the hatred he has for De Blasio and vice versa mm-hmm. hurt everybody. Oh, of course. The it mixed did. signals yeah. they were giving. Oh yeah. Right. So one of the things that I always highlight, because people say, like, oh, whose fault was it? It was a lot of people's fault what happened in New York. Um, Governor Cuomo, for example, he said that he was in charge of schools. And de Blasio's not in charge of schools, and he's in charge of schools. But then when it came time to open the schools, he didn't do anything because he was no longer in charge. It's a local issue. How could I possibly do anything about it? So, yeah, these two clowns argued with each other, fought, and New Yorkers suffered because of it. Yeah, and they suffered because of it. He's now out. Hochul's now in. She wins with just over 50% of the vote. Lee Zeldin, 47% yeah. of the vote. And she said the one major issue was crime. It's the reason why Zeldin helped so many others get right. to win. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm in no rush to re-examine the no-cash bail. Right, right. Because she feels like she won. This is her mandate. She can continue doing what she's been doing. It's really unfortunate. Again, Long Island went red. My home of South Brooklyn went red. Um, that all these people kind of are trying so hard to vote themselves into normalcy, into better policies. And they keep being met with you know, Kathy Hochul, who the day after the election went to Puerto Rico with Randy Weingarten, who was most responsible for schools staying closed across the country. And we have a politicians in bed with these special interest groups like teachers unions and the people suffer. And I really feel sorry for the New Yorkers who tried so hard to get on to something better. Do you think that Mayor Adams is on the right track? I mean, he's better than Hochul is, is all I can really say. And he's better than de Blasio, which really doesn't take a lot of work. Without the supermajority in the state house, mm-hmm. does that allow some sobriety and some bipartisanship? Well, I hope so. Again, what was the point of this election if not to send the message that we don't want to continue going the way we've been going? Um, I still have a lot of family in New York. I, I want New York to succeed. I think a lot of people think because I moved to Florida, I'm, I'm out of the rooting for New York game, but uh, I'm not. I love New York. I want it to do well, and uh, I hope that they you know, wisen up a little bit. And we're talking to Carol Markowitz of the New York Post, but we're talking about the country because these stories are nationwide. So, uh, we know that Chuck Schumer got just over 50% of the vote, the lowest he had since he won against Al D'Amato. And yeah. he basically had a fine guy, but he did not have a uh, did not have a strong candidate, did not have a right. Lee Zeldin running against mm-hmm. him. In fact, I never heard him, saw him get much publicity. They're not addressing illegal immigration. Well, and since the buses started arriving at Port Authority during yeah. our show on a daily basis, yeah. thousands have shown up. They built a tent city. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in the Bronx, had to take it down because people complained, put it up at Randall's Island. No one came, so they're taking it down. Right. They're wasting hundreds of thousands of dollars on this. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you heard Chuck Schumer yesterday. He said that we have to legalize all oh, the illegal immigrants. Let's, let's hear here. this together. Yeah. Cut 21. Immigrants make us stronger now more than ever. Now more than ever. We're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. 
The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Uh, the most insane thing I've heard yeah. for a leader, not a fringe group. Yeah. So I'm an immigrant. Um, my family had to work really hard to come to the U.S. We, we didn't just stroll in and accept, expect to be uh, welcomed and expect, you know, accepted here. Um, we had to apply to get in. And this process that we no longer use, that people could just come in across the border, has been really causing problems. The idea that we have 11 million illegal immigrants is so impossible. We have around 200,000 plus coming in every month. There's no way we have 11 million. We have way more than that. But you know what I do like is that Schumer admitted what the Democrats stand for. I think for a long time they haven't said we're for open borders. We want to make everybody who's illegal legal. Um, and people were allowed to kind of believe that, oh, no, they really want a secure border. They really don't. They want a path to citizenship for, for uh, people who apply the right way. But Schumer gave up the game and he said that we want to make everybody who's here legal, uh, legally legal, and we want to m make their process seamless. Um, and I think that they can no longer deny it. Democrats want open borders. Schumer said so. But why is that? It doesn't. I mean, this is Schumer. I want you to hear Schumer in 2009. Legal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. Until the American people are convinced that we will stop future flows of illegal immigration. We will make no progress on dealing with the millions of illegal immigrants who are here now and on rationalizing our system of legal immigration. You're, you're nodding your head, yeah. Karl Markowitz. So <laughs> th I, I have the answer for why this is. Um, so, again, I'm from the former Soviet Union. My family came here to be American. We did not come here to be half in, half out. Um, a lot of the immigrants that are coming here now are uh, economic migrants. They're not coming here to live their lives here, raise their families here, become Americans. They are coming here for uh, a certain purpose, which is economic. Um, so I think what Schumer is seeing is that if he legalizes these people, they will vote for Democrats. My Russian community in Brooklyn, and I say Russian, I mean all former Soviet, Soviet republics, are all Republicans. They're all conservatives. It's like the wrong immigrants. He thinks he's got the right immigrants this time, and that he wants to legalize them, have them vote for Democrats, and that'll be his strategy. What do you think? Because they are beginning to, they are to actually leak out the Hispanic vote. That's exactly it, because those Hispanics that came here, perhaps legally, um, they came here, again, for a purpose. They didn't come here to, in, in a few years, go back to where they're from. They, they came here to be Americans. And what happens is you end up falling in love with this country, this amazing place that gave us this opportunity to raise our families here in freedom, and you end up not being this leftist anymore, even if your family might have been that way to begin with. Yeah, so interesting. So when we come back, uh, what Lindsey Graham said about that uh, soon after... I just think also, not only is the Hispanic community different, but where they came from, Cuba and Venezuela yeah. now, mm -hmm. they're seeing eye to eye on certain things because they are fleeing oppression. They, right. don't want to, they don't want to bring it with them. That's exactly Carol it. Carol Marquardt is here. We're coming to you from the Hard Rock Casino, the Seminole Hotel. It is a beautiful place. Patriot Awards tonight. Hope everybody watches on Fox Nation beginning at 7. But keep it here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move.
radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. If the House doesn't send the Senate a border security bill from hell, we made a mistake. There's not going to be any deal on immigration until we secure the border. It's just a matter of time. A bunch of us get killed because the border's broken and terrorism's on the rise. So here's my message to my Democratic colleagues. There will be no deals on immigration until we secure the border. To my Republican colleagues in the House, send us a border security bill strong as hell, and we'll make the Democrats vote on it in the Senate. So he heard what uh, he heard what Chuck Schumer said. Basically, hey, they're here already. Let's make them legal. We're running right. out of people. We don't have a, uh, <laughs> the women aren't having babies like they should. I wonder why. Uh, so let's get more people from other countries. Your yeah. reaction, Carol Mark? So I mean, I've done my part. I have three kids, so I can't blame. That's all me I can ask. You, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I think Lindsey Graham is absolutely right there. I don't think the Republicans should compromise on a single thing. I think we need to secure the border as priority one, um, and I, I don't think they should answer to anything that Democrats want to do until that border is secured. I think what's happening right now, where Republicans are bringing the border to other places, is genius. I think it's really causing people to realize what kind of struggle these border towns are having. New York, Philadelphia, obviously Martha's Vineyard. Um, all of these places are learning what it's like to be a Texas border town. And the faster they all learn that, the better. Are you surprised that John Fetterman has already come out against it? Oh, um, against? Against the busing of oh, migrants. Obviously. Because guess what? <laughs> a bus arrived with 26 right. illegal immigrants mm -hmm. into Philadelphia. Yeah. So... I consider John Fetterman of um, the Bernie Sanders School of Politics, and I think that it, it's not that surprising to me that he's already turning on Democratic uh, policies on immigration. Bernie is actually, uh, I would consider, more of an re immigrant realist than the rest of the party. So while they're socialists and they have you know, wrong policies in a lot of ways, I bet Fetterman ends up being a little bit more normal on immigration than a lot of people. So what Fetterman says is the Statue of Liberty doesn't say, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, and then throw them on a bus for some cheap political stunt. This is America, and these are human beings, not props. We're better than this. Really? So in other words, America says... Come to our country, stay in a border town? Right. I mean, yeah, what, what is it. he even talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's saying we don't want to deal with this problem. Why can't Texans just keep dealing with it on their own? And that is the, why we have to keep doing this. They ha we have to keep filling these buses and bringing them to places where they say that they're okay with the immigrants and they're not. Now, do you think that, you know, John Kelly all of a sudden goes to the border and says he wants to start doing something there, mm -hmm. and now he was able to win re-election? Does he change? I don't think so. I, you know, the whole thing is that these people keep going down to the border and seeing what's going on and pretending that they care about this, but they don't. They don't care about the dead migrants in the rivers. They don't care about the kids who are being smuggled across the border. They don't care about any of this. So we have to make them care. I don't think that anybody changes until we make them change. Right. Uh, and I guess something has to happen. I mean, no one's going to legalize anybody from the dreamers on down until the border secure. That's right. And a few years ago, they were saying, what if we take three years, secure the border, Look at it. If we all decide it's secure, then we come up to modernize the easier stuff. For example, the first-round draft picks that we're training at Stanford. Mm -hmm. Let's give them an incentive to stay here. Why sure. are we sending them back to wherever they're from, Bangladesh or right. Cambodia or Germany? Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't we incentivize to do that? Let's crack down on what China's doing, infiltrating our colleges and buying farmland. That's right. The one unifying thing that could bring both sides together today mm -hmm. is China. Oh, I agree. I think that that's something that both sides can, you know, come together on. I just think that it, the Democrats will never allow the Republicans that kind of win. They'll never say, like, okay, we'll crack down on China because they know it's a Republican policy. But I think that they, they do end up talking against China in a lot of their own ways. Um, but I, it, 
the main thing for Democrats is not to give Republicans a political win. And I think Republicans should be thinking the same way, not to give the Democrats a political win. So I want to get to, you have the Russian background, the Soviet mm -hmm. background. I want you to hear Mark Milley yesterday. Uh, this is embarrassing. Russia uh, had a role in a rocket landing in Poland. Mm -hmm. Whether it was their rocket, as Zelensky says, or it was knocked out of the sky, mm -hmm. it was Russia's initiation into the invasion that started this whole thing to begin with. So listen how pathetic it is. Cut, here's General Mark Milley. Cut 28. Did any other military officer reach out to their Russian counterparts to protect against escalation? And if not, why not? There were, or I do that through my staff to set the calls up. Uh, the short answer is yes. Some attempts were made, uh, no success. But the Russian counterpart... So Russia did not take the call. Right. My staff was unsuccessful in getting me linked up with General Verismov. That's correct. Pathetic. It's it's embarrassing to be that. That's the American general talking like that. It's it's really pathetic. Um, I, you know I, that whole. What's your role yeah. about this? I mean. So I, I I have a really tough family situation where I have family in both Russia and Ukraine. Um, my Ukrainian family members uh, fled, but they're all Jews, so it's like it's sort of a, a, a separate category altogether. Um, but yeah, it, it's really tough. My cousin in Russia is waiting to see if he's going to get called up. He's 35, has three kids. You know, it's it's really a, a tough, tough situation. How would you characterize their support of this invasion? It's it's so hard to say because I don't think anybody's getting anything resembling the correct news um, in any, I, I, not here, not there, not in Ukraine, not in Russia. And I, I don't think in America either. I just think we don't have a full picture of what's going on. Um, Do you think there was an unprovoked invasion? Oh yeah, I mean, of course, it was an unprovoked. I mean, so ge generally that. an unprovoked invasion. Yes, if if anything, if they can't, you know, the idea is if you're joining NATO and that's the provocation. Like, I I don't see that as as enough of a reason here. Right, uh, and by the way, they, no one's ever entertained since George Bush. No one's really seriously entertained their applications, much to their right. chagrin. Mm -hmm. uh, here is General Mark Milley on the possibility. See, Ukraine says we're not stopping until we're uh, got them all the way out, including Crimea. Mm -hmm. Cut twenty nine militarily kicking the Russians physically out of Ukraine is a very difficult task. And it's not going to happen the next couple of weeks unless the Russian army completely collapses, which is unlikely. So in terms of probability, uh, the probability of a Ukrainian military victory defined as kicking the Russians out of all of Ukraine to include what they define or what they claim is Crimea to the probability of that happening anytime soon is not high. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, I wish the U.S. was in a stronger position to have conversations with Russians and Ukrainians and maybe figure out some sort of path out of this. I think a lot of people are afraid of what's going to happen. You know, when this missile fell in Poland, um, just the idea of World War III just became sort of more you know, possible for all of us. And I, the, just the fear that Americans feel and the inability of this administration to quell any of that, to calm any of it, um, or to play the lead role on the world stage. They just don't have it, and it's, it's hard to watch. Macron is reaching out to Russia and, and China. We're not taking the lead there, but no. we are providing the bulk of the armaments and yeah, the aid. Right. What you got to do is what do what Trump did. 
Trump would call out these other countries and say, what are you doing? Number right. one. Number one, I don't think I do agree with him. It probably wouldn't have happened if he mm-hmm. was there. Because yeah. if, if Vladimir Putin was really distrustful of what the West was doing in Ukraine, he probably could level with Trump. And Trump had no, obviously, got a little bit of a problem right. because of his uh, view of Ukraine. Even though I don't think, I don't think, I think he would realize the need to protect him. He was the one to give him armaments. Yeah, and I think almost any other president other than Joe Biden would have been doing a far better job here. Um, I, I think that we just happen to have a very weak president at a time where the world really needs a strong U.S. president, and we just just don't have that. Last topic I want to get to, and yeah. that's what happened two days ago right here at Mar-a-Lago. The president of the United mm-hmm. States, former president of the United States announced he is in, uh, so he's got two years. Uh, the president um, said a little, this is a little of what he said yesterday, cut 13. I will ensure that Joe Biden does not receive four more years in 2020. Canto. Our country could not take that. And I say that not in laughter. I say that in tears. Our country could not take four more years. It can only take so much. So he thinks he's the best answer for that. He's trying to clear the field. Um, yeah. And I thought his speech was good, not bringing up 2020. What was your thoughts about the speech also that took place in Florida? And Ron DeSantis was the target of the president yeah. a couple of days ago. Well, I don't love that. Um, I think that clearing the field is not something that needs to happen. Um, I also think it's way too early for anybody to be announcing. I get what Donald Trump is trying to do. Um, but and, and I give him so much credit for the things that he, has done, he did while he was president. I, I hate the idea that if you don't want Donald Trump to be the nominee in 2024, that you're some sort of Trump hater. Um, But no, I I think that it's way too soon. I think we need an open primary. I think we need to fight this out. Also, just the fact that if, let's say, Donald Trump wins, it's only four more years. It's like, and then then that's all he's got. Um, He's a lame duck today. Yeah, he's a lame duck. And it's, it's not the greatest path forward for our country. Again, you don't have to hate Trump to think that we can have other options. Do you think it's putting uh, the Republicans in an odd place? Oh, I mean, yeah, sure, it's putting Republicans in an odd place. But, again, just the fact that it's so early is, I I think, letting people kind of say, I'm not talking about this yet. I'm not putting my support behind anybody yet. I know Donald Trump wants that. Um, So, actually, what's ended up happening is that a lot of donors have said, I'm not supporting Donald Trump. He sort of has forced their hand. I think he could have waited a little bit and in six months, 12 months, see where the country is, see where the race is. Um, But he didn't do that, and I think he's forcing people to choose sides and if it's Trump or not Trump, I, I think that uh, people might choose against him. So what's the article you're working on right now? So I have a column. I think it's coming up today uh, up on foxnews.com about how the House has to have hearings about pandemic policies and all the people that were responsible for so much damage to our country, the people who um, in healthcare. And so, for example, Rochelle Walensky uh, at the CDC or uh, Anthony Fauci, I want to hear them testify uh, to the politicization that we know happened. I know that Anthony Fauci uh, said that schools can't open until Biden's spending plan passed. I want to know how he got to that idea. Did somebody at the White House contact him and tell him to say that? This is in winter 2021. This is not 2020. This is schools are already open and so many places around the country and in the places that they're not in the places that the teachers unions are in control Fauci wants them to stay closed and I want to know how what happened there because we know for another example Rochelle Walensky at the CDC let Randy Weingarten the teacher union head 
sit down and craft policies that kept schools closed. And we know that that instruction came from the White House. The White House had them sit down. All of this needs to be on the record, Brian. Otherwise, you know, pandemic 2028, we're going to go through all the same stuff all over again. And do you realize when you see a John Fetterman get up and say, uh, I was never against fracking when we have you on tape that you right. were. <laughs> when we see that, uh, you know, we see Kelly was contradicting himself left and right. We see all these politicians. If you change your mind, I get it. Yeah, I get it oh, too. Sorry, yeah. But they never admit it. No. Same thing with Anthony Fauci. First, the pandemic will not be a problem here. Masks right. give you a false sense of security. Yeah. Uh, then we have to wear masks. Pandemic is a big problem. Got to shut down everything. Then you got to wear them outside. Then you don't have to wear them outside. If you get <laughs> vaccinated, you don't have yeah. to worry about getting it or transmitting it. Yeah. So you get vaccinated and you both. And now he's up to the president of the United States up to five shots. Mm-hmm. Anthony Fauci, four shots, gets it, takes a therapeutic that he says is going to be effective. It comes back. Right. Same thing with the president. <laughs> yeah. Every step of the way. But yep. they never sit back and go, we thought wrong. Right. Now we get it. This is what we think. So they never acknowledge it, and it creates this well of distrust and anger. Exactly. And I think that distrust going forward is going to be such a giant problem for us, for the country. I hear from so many people who say, you know, I know I was lied to about the COVID vaccine, especially for children. That, you know, I don't think my kids need it. And now I don't trust the other vaccines. And this kind of thing is going to be such an issue for us. I mean, you know, we, we need to ha- let people know that, like, some things are, are just the truth from health policy. And lastly... Yeah. They're gutting our military by making them take a vaccine that clearly we've passed and beaten. Yeah. Listen to what Lindsey Graham's doing. Tell me if you think this is right. Cut 24. We're going to discharge over 5,000 soldiers from our military because they won't take the COVID vaccine. We've had 4 million people come to this country legally unvaccinated. Look at the policy opportunity we have. We should have a vote on the floor of the Senate that would make sure that people do not get discharged who are willing to fight for this country because they refuse the vaccine. we got a dumb country. We're, living, we're letting illegal immigrants come here unvaccinated, going to free trips all over America, and you want to discharge a warrior? We should have a border security bill from hell coming out of the, the House. These are, that's four different thoughts yeah. and things are just outrageously mm-hmm. stupid. Right. We just keep doing dumb things. And, you know, uh, I, I really I'm worried about where our military is heading. This like woke military that they're trying to build is and, and where they get rid of anybody who doesn't you know get the covid vaccine that they clearly don't need anymore. Um, it's worrisome. It's like we're going to lose a major war and it's it's not going to be funny and it's not going to be, you know, um, they're not going to accept the blame when that happens, when it's clearly going to be their fault. Did you realize we're coming out of a situation where our military is outside maybe World War II? Mm-hmm. The finest, most adaptable fighting force, I'll take it in any yeah. generation. Right. What they were able to do in Iraq and Afghanistan, around the world, adapt to terrorists, what they were able to do in yeah. real time from armoring the Humvees on down. And yet they're not getting the glory because of political decisions, not military decisions, Mm -hmm. political decisions. What I find most disdainful is the men in uniform that become politicians. Mm -hmm. They reach the get their four stars and they totally sell their military under the bus. Yeah, I I see this happen, you know, all the time where these I feel like that that top ranking brass now is so woke and no longer what they were. You're, you're right. The post-World War II military wouldn't recognize our military today. Right. And when we started World War II, we were not ready. World War I, obviously a joke, but we ended up being fantastic. 
these guys were ready, and they then get adapted to the toughest yeah. uh, battlefield. Carol, great to see you. Brian, I look forward so to your column. Thank now, you so much. Now I'm going to get this column today. You think? Yeah, yeah, today. All right. Yeah. Okay. You know. <laughs> I did not. I just kind of stumbled right. into that story. I broke the news about your news. Uh, hey, we're live at the Hard Rock. I'm so glad you're here. The Patriot Awards are tonight. We'll wrap things up this hour when we come back. Brian Kilmeade Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, thanks so much for listening. As you know, it's been kind of exciting here. The Patriot Awards coming up in a few hours. We'll be doing one, uh, giving away one of the awards, one of the six. But the big story is to be the recipient. So please take it in tonight on Fox Nation. It might be replayed. It'll be posted. But there's something about seeing it live with Pete Hegseth uh, as a host. And all your other uh, favorite personalities are here from Sean uh, Hannity over to Tucker Carlson. Uh, just a quick note. I'll be signing here today. If you're not in the Hollywood, Florida area, I get it. But hopefully you'll, I'll meet you in Myrtle Beach. Uh, WRNN is hosting us, 99.5, is hosting us in Myrtle Beach. That'll be Saturday from 3 to 5 at the Barnes & Noble. Hope to see you there. Then on December 2nd, a, fun of, a bunch of surprising Fox personalities are going to be coming down and see me at uh, the New Jersey Performing Arts Center December 2nd. So right after Thanksgiving, get your tickets there. They're running out quick. Uh, there's some in the back row, and believe it or not, some in the very front row in the VIP opportunities where we've got Pete Hegseth coming down. Carly Shimkus is going to be there. Uh, Rachel Campos-Duffy will be there. So it'll be uh, Friday. It'll be coming up at uh, Friday in, in Newark, New Jersey. So you could hop on a train if you're in the New York area, and I encourage you to do that. And if you're in New Jersey, you won't have much of a problem. So you can go to BrianKillMe.com there. And it's all about the president and freedom fighter. Uh, special thanks to everybody that came down today. Special thanks to all my great guests that are here. And if you want to get the President Freedom Fighter, and you're not going to be at any of these locations I'm going to be at because I am going to be in McCallum, Texas. I, I am going to be traveling around. Uh, if you go to BrianKillMe.com, it goes to my local bookstore. And when it goes to my local bookstore, I'll show up once a week and be able to personalize it, especially for the holidays. So that is, uh, that is pretty cool. And keep in mind, too, we got the Saturday show. Saturday at 8 o'clock is One Nation. On One Nation from 8 to 9, amongst our guests, we're going to talk to Carl Rove. We're also going to be talking to other officials, uh, including some big guests, one of which will tell you how to get yourself healthy and happy. And believe it or not, it's watching sports. And dare I say, listening to the news. Brian Kilmeade Show. Keep it here. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.